0: The Buddhaya. This morning, I'm uh, supposed to be introducing and leading the uh, just sitting practice. If you can talk about leading just sitting. Um, First of all, let me just make clear I was actually asked to to lead or introduce the formless practice. I have no idea what that is, and um, I rather disapprove of the terminology, to be frank. Uh, I don't approve disapprove of the people but the, the terminology I do and in fact I think I'd like to get rid of it <laughs> there are lots of things I'd like um, <laughs> uh, I also have he- I've often heard the terminology of a contrast between bhavanar and non-bhavanar practice I think that's erroneous I think we should get rid of that too Uh, I'll say more about that in a minute. Um, Likes and dislikes, over. Um, I've never been taught uh, just sitting. What Bante used to say uh, when he introduced it was, no, we are going to just sit. Uh, um, Don't make an effort. Don't not make an effort. But and uh, i used to find that amazingly inspiring and um uh you know the paradox of it actually deeply meaningful and uh, it uh precipitated me into an experience that uh well is presumably what he intended and sometimes not understanding what it meant sometimes understanding what it meant sometimes being with it sometimes not being with it So for me, uh, that has always been enough. Uh, So yes, I've never been taught more about it, uh, and I've never talked before about just sitting. Uh, So I haven't got much to say, just a few things that might be helpful. It is, in some ways, my main practice these days. I do other practices, um, which I do in conjunction with this. Um, but it's the main way I have of meditating. So whether that means I'm qualified or not, let's see. The first thing I want to point out is that in the system of meditation, in Bante's system of meditation, which is the meditational uh, accompaniment of what we've been studying the last few days, um, it has an absolutely integral place. Uh, in the account that Bante gives, it accompanies each of the stages. Um, So that you do the stage of integration, especially through mindfulness of breathing, and then you do just sitting. You do the stage of positive emotion, especially through Maitri Bhavana, and then you do just sitting. You do spiritual death through six-element practice, then just sitting. You do spiritual rebirth, especially through uh, um, the visualisation of Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, and then you do just sitting. Uh, and uh, it, it's quite clear when you listen to the original uh, talk and see it written, that for Bante it was absolutely integral. I don't know whether everywhere this is the way we, we uh, present it and think about it, but if we don't, I suggest that we need to uh, um, adjust that, uh, do something about that. When I first used to go on retreats with Bante um, as a beginner, after three months, uh, he used to do um, a triple meditation first thing in the morning. Um, usually mindfulness of breathing, then Maitri Bhavna, and then just sitting. As the retreat went on, it would often be Mait- Metta Bhavna or uh, mindfulness of breathing, just sitting, just sitting. And uh, there would be quite a lot of just sitting all the way through. Probably more of the... Uh, um, um practices of vajravanara and um anapanasati but only just uh, and as the retreat went on there would be more of it and we used to to teach and practice like that And i don't know whether that's still a custom i have a feeling it's probably not universally um, and there's a very very important reason for it and 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 a lot of the uh um, things that I'm hearing coming out of people's disquiet with the movement's presentation of meditation, seems to me to be to do with this element not being sufficiently stressed. So that uh, there's an element in uh, people's experience that they're not getting from their their teaching, they're being taught within the FWBO, so they um, get revelations from external sources. But actually... I think um, it's it's integral to what we do. So, uh, let me now just give you a few useful Pali terms that I think may help to uh, get us to grips with what we're doing when we're just sitting. Um, the First of all, a, a term I've only come across quite recently, so I haven't been able to follow it up in other places in the Pali canon. It's Pannidhyaya. Bhavana and upanidhya bhavana. So note they're both bhavana, uh, but pannidhaya um, means directed. Um, apanidhaya means non-directed, undirected. So it's bhavana which is directed, bhavana which is not directed. The the context in which I found it so far is in the context of satipatthana. Of uh, mindfulness of the body, feelings, uh, mind, and uh, um, uh, mental events, and uh, what's said is that you, you're you're trying to do uh, Kayanupasana, mindfulness of the body, and uh, there's a fever in the body. Uh, in other words, the body becomes intensely restless. There's a sluggishness of the mind, or there's a sluggishness of the mind. In other words, tinamiddha. Uh, uh, or, and one's mind is, and or one's mind is distracted outwardly. So it starts to go out rather than being simply aware of the, of the, the body. So what you do then is you direct your mind to an inspiring sign. Uh, pasadha, pasadiya uh, nimitta. And, uh, that inspiring sign is something like the Buddha. Uh, or even it can be an uh, an object like the the breath in order to concentrate your mind Uh, as a result of uh, engaging with an inspiring sign gladness arises uh, rapture arises um, uh, tranquility arises um, uh, pasadhi uh, sukha arises samadhi arises and uh, well yes you're again you're concentrated and so you withdraw the direction. You stop directing your mind to a sign, and you just come back to kaya nupasana, just to mindfulness of the body. And without directive thought, uh, internally mindful, the bhikshu says, "I am happy." So uh, you you use directed um, uh, um, attention. Uh, directed development when your mind is is not in a fit condition to be simply mindful. And uh, when it is in a fit condition to be simply mindful, you stop directing your mind to the the inspiring object. So, I think this gives us quite a strong clue to what we're doing in a practice, if you can call it a practice, a non-practice such as just sitting. You're not focusing your mind on an object. Uh, but that does not mean you're merely drifting or that you're just in a dull, sluggish state or that you're outwardly distracted or that um, your mind is, is sort of frothed up. Uh, it means that you're happy and happily aware uh, especially of your body. Although it's worked out in terms of the other um, uh, sati, satipatthana uh, it's frequently referred to in the connection with cayonupasana. So that's the first um, set of terms that I think are helpful. What you're doing in, in in just sitting is it's still a bhavana, it's still a development, but it's a bhavana that is not directed, that doesn't contain direction to an object. Uh, you're simply aware. So then there's a second pair of terms that uh, I found very useful in thinking about what's happening uh, and that's uh, sankhata and asankhata. You've heard me talk about this already both in the, the talk I gave the night before last and in the uh, introduction to the um, uh, six element practice. So sankhata means constructed, fabricated, put together, uh, confected. Asankata means, uh, well, really, uh, interpretively, it means spontaneous, without any uh, effort, without any um, direction, as it were, any any, any uh, deliberate effort to put something together. Um, so in, in uh, a practice like the mindfulness of breathing, a practice like the Maitri Bhavana especially, you're making an effort to bring something into being. In the mindfulness, in the mettā you're making an effort to bring metta into being. Um, so that is sankhata. And uh, as we've already seen, the, the 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 problem with sankhata is that uh, it uh, involves a certain amount of, if you like, even strain. Uh, uh, The the, the application of the four right right efforts involves uh, a a sort of division of yourself. You have to sort of say to yourself, I am going to make myself move into something new. So there's an element of (coughs) strain within the mind which uh, um, is is difficult to sustain over long periods of time and is ultimately unsatisfying. So... uh, you need also to experience asankata. Uh, of course, you have to be careful because uh, there are plenty of spontaneous states that have nothing to do with spiritual life. In fact, the very reverse instinctual behavior is asankata, it's spontaneous. Um, if if uh, we understand spontane- spontaneous in the broadest sense, it includes. Um, uh, you know, giving way to anger, uh, yeah, giving into craving, lust and so forth, and, uh, uh, you know, allowing ourselves to just fall into the, uh, um, the patterns that our previous karma have established. So, uh, when we don't make an effort, uh, certainly in the earlier stages of our spiritual life until Sheila has really begun to be second nature, uh, Asankhata is a pathway to um, to unskillfulness. There's the famous uh, uh, discussion in the Life and Liberation of Padmasambhava, isn't there, of the um, Tarpanagpo, who misunderstood teachings about spontaneity and just indulged himself and ended up for 10,000 rebirths as a toe-sucker. <laughs> you have been warned. <laughs> um, um, so... Uh, when we're talking about spontaneity, uh, we mean a spontaneity uh, which are, is um, the allowing to unfold of skillful mental states that are arising as a result of one's previous action. I think it's very, very important in, in, uh, in our practice of meditation that we balance effort with spontaneity. And uh, I'll say more about this in a while. I, I, I think this is something we could draw out much more. I think um, uh, there's some issues around in in Shabda and so forth of people um, sort of feeling that they've been forced all their, their their order life, all their movement life, and that you know they hear uh, uh, some other teaching which um, encourages them to. Um, relax and allow something to infol- unfold within. And this comes to them as a revelation. Uh, for me, this has always been part of it because of the way Bante taught in the first place, because I do the Manjushri Stuti Sadhana, in which after the dissolution of Manjushri into yourself, you, 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 you sit in samadhi as long as it lasts. So in other words, you allow the effects of the... Uh, of the effort that you've made to meet with uh, with Manjushri just to echo within you um, completely spontaneously, as long as it lasts. That's quite important. When it stops, when it begins to fade, when it becomes distracted, then you need to either rise from meditation or apply some new effort. So I think that there always needs to be a balance. And certainly once one has any depth of experience in meditation between... Bringing something into being and uh, sort of enjoying it, if you like, path and fruit. Okay. And uh, I think that from quite early on, that needs to be encouraged, that the fruit unfolds. Um, so there you are, there's a, um, uh, a, a dichotomy. You could even talk, and I'm, I'm extending the, the metaphor, you could talk about uh, mitcha, uh, asankata, and sama. Uh, asankhata. In other words, a a spontaneity that is unskillful and that comes merely from uh, the indulgence of uh, previous karmic unskillful patterns and a a, a spontaneity that uh, uh, comes from, you know, some previously developed uh, impulse of uh, skillfulness which you allow to resonate within you. So there's a third term, it's a single term this time. It's dasana. Uh, dasana, darshana in, in Sanskrit, simply means seeing. And uh, um in several several important suttas, the, the the Buddha offers this as one of a range of alternative um ways of dealing with unskillful states. Um, um there's one important Sutta right at the beginning of Majjhima Nikaya, the Asava Sutta, uh, the the the, uh, the waning or elimination of uh, Asavas uh, Sutta, which gives seven different ways of getting rid of Asavas. And the first of these is dasana. So what happens is that you're you're aware, um, st- uh, states of mind arise, and uh, as soon as you they arise, you see them. But you're seeing is uh, uh, not merely a sort of uh, superficial um, contact with them. It's a seeing them as they really are, with wise attention. Uh, Yonuso Manasakara. Uh, you see them fully, deeply, roundedly. So if those uh, mental states that arise are predisposing factors for asavas, well, seeing that, they just go. So in a way you don't have to make an effort it's the, the, the uh the um uh um the clarity of your perception of them itself dissolves. Uh you can't you know once you know something is an asava or is productive of asavas, um well you can't persist in them. Of course, if you've really got dasana, sometimes we're so perverse that we know that it's not good for us, but we do it anyway. But in a way, we haven't really then seen it deeply enough, fully enough. It's just an intellectual or a superficial uh, self-telling, this is not good, rather than a real experience of what that mental state is. So dasana is this... Uh, uh, it, it's... You could almost say you don't make an effort, because you don't need to make an effort. Uh, the... the uh, uh, the perception of the, the mental state itself, um, uh, dictates what happens next, if you see what I mean. Because you recognize it as productive of, uh, of, uh, ashrava, therefore of pain for yourself and others, you don't go there. Uh, but, presumably, in, insofar as you're, you're, uh, um, you're needing to be aware that it, that it may be like that, you're still not free from pacifists. They still arise, but they arise in, in, uh, within a, a mind that is, is immediately aware of what they are and just, well, I won't even say rejects them, but that immediate awareness of what they are um, prevents them from developing any further. So I think these three um, uh, Pali terms are helpful in understanding what we're trying to do in uh, um, in just sitting. So, in trying to to think about this, I came to the conclusion that uh, there are a number of different things that go on when people are just sitting. depends who it is, what time of day it is, and uh, what day of the week it is, what happens when you just sit. And probably, what I'm going to say, you'll, I hope, recognise... Something of, of of what happens to you at some times when you're when you're just sitting. Um, this is my own list, um, and it's rather hastily uh, inspired this morning in my meditation. Um, so I can't say it's definitive or anything like that. But this is, as I say, not something I've talked about before. And I just was asked by Dhammarati, and I always do what Dhammarati asks me, <laughs> mostly. Um, so I've caught, it's the five justs. Sounds like something out of the uh, the communist, uh, the Chinese communist revolution, doesn't it? The five justs. Um, so th- the first just is just settling. So um, uh, you sit. There's nothing to do. You're not given any. You're not giving yourself any instruction. Nobody's giving you any instruction and you're just sitting there but your mind is all over the place you've just come in from you know a, a, a heavy conversation or a, a busy um, email session or whatever it is, you just sit down and your mind settles you allow your mind to settle just like uh, uh, a lake that uh, mud is stirred up in and you you, you just let it settle down um, It may not even be that it settles very far, as it were, but it settles down far enough for you to be able to, you know, actually feel something, um, you know, going on right here. And uh, I think this is worth mentioning because I think it's something that people need to do and that we need to help people to do before they meditate. Uh, Again, thinking back to my own early experiences of meditation with Bhante. Um, he used to sort of talk us down, as it were. Um, not, not um, I wasn't aware that's what he's doing. It's only in retrospect that I can think that's what he's doing. Maybe he didn't even do it deliberately, but that very calm, very quiet, very positive voice, very slowly just sort of talking you into a meditative uh, situation. And then he'd often do a body scan in the early days. Um but to begin with, this is just settling down, and he'd encourage people to go into the shrine room and just sit, uh, before the session started. This is beginner's level. And, uh, often, uh, uh, before the, 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 the actual meditation would start, people would sit, sit around in the little waiting room, and Banti would sit there in complete silence. So, we would all in, you know, um, terrified social embarrassment, or be silent too, um, being good Englishmen. Um, but at the same time, it had a function of sort of settling things down. So I think it's an important element to introduce before uh, a meditation session, and it's important for us to do it ourselves. You don't really do much. You don't try to do anything. You just try not to do something. You just try to let your mind... Settle down uh, by uh, uh, being quiet. It's really just being quiet. Um, And it's it's sometimes the best thing that we can do. Uh, So the second just is just waiting. Um, It's a little bit beyond what I've just been talking about. Uh, You're you're sort of present. Uh, Your mind is... Uh, no longer just jumping here and there. Or if it is jumping here and there, there's a bit more of a base to it. But uh, most commonly it's accompanied by the experience of boredom. Uh, There's nothing very interesting going on, nothing very inspiring going on, nothing very worthy going on. But um, you're just waiting. And I think what one needs to do in this kind of uh, aspect of just sitting is... uh, have an, a, 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 a sort of patient uh, and faithful um, readiness. And uh, it's a practice that I've done a lot over the years, not just in sitting meditation, but um, in sitting in a chair in the morning or uh, after after doing something or um, even in a state of upset. Uh, a, a lot on solitary retreat. Just sitting bored, bored and f- you know with my own mind just chuntering on like um weekend trippers uh, just an idle conversation at the back of my mind going round and round and round you just wait uh trying not to let anything uh catch you or take you away i think of it a bit like a bardo and what you what you see is your mind constantly wanting to be reborn it's seeking an identity seeking a a, a solid uh Reality, a story to tell itself, and your your effort is simply to stop that happening prematurely. Uh, you just don't let it go anywhere before you think it there's somewhere worthwhile for it to go. And uh, my experience is that if I in, 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 uh, wait with sufficient uh, patience and with sufficient confidence, something bubbles up. Either I become concentrated or I become inspired. Uh, uh, and uh, the way in which that happens depends on circumstances and so forth. But the, uh, uh, the practice is, is having a faithful uh, confidence that something will arise from a deeper level. What, what it amounts to is that you're not engaged with uh, anything. That's boredom. So it's, it's almost a cultivation of boredom. We talked a bit about this in our discussion group, but uh, I think uh, boredom is a very, very precious state. This is a very early teaching of Bante's that boredom is a, is a sort of gateway to a, a, a real and deeper engagement. Uh, so you stay with the sense of unengagement, which is boredom, and wanting, uh, craving some engagement, almost anything, um, you know what I, I sometimes find myself doing sitting and all my books start calling to me, <laughs> read me read me, read me and you know that they won't engage you because there's something missing here so you have to sort of wait and uh, eventually uh, if one waits long enough in the right spirit something arises so that's just waiting <coughs> uh, then thirdly there's uh, just watching as a bit more like Dasana, um and perhaps it's uh, you know to, for it to be fully Dasana, in the sense that your your awareness itself transforms demands quite a high degree of uh, uh, development of mindfulness, one that i can 't often rise to but there's a sort of step before that where Yes, things do arise, you watch them, and to some extent you have to grapple them with, with them a bit because they start precipitating into uh, um, thoughts, they precipitate into plans, etc. But uh, you, you, you retain sufficient mindfulness not to allow that to go too far. And uh, often I find that uh, pr- uh, you know, real problems that I've got in the world itself, usually with other people, uh, get worked out in this way. I don't, I, you can't, I can't stop myself from going over the problem in the, in the usual way, but I'm st- standing slightly further back and not allowing that process to take me too far until, uh, I get another perspective and then I can let it go. So as sort of things come up that are the issues of the moment, uh, you don't exactly uh, go with them, but you don't exactly reject them. And you try to find the deeper, uh, deeper perspective on them, the deeper, well, feeling awareness of them, which dissolves them. I hope I'm communicating something. Um, these are just my own fleshings out of what goes on. Um, and sometimes it doesn't work and you just get lost in what you're doing. Uh, and well then you just what I have to do is sit for a very long time until either it gets worked out or I get it gets too painful and you know I have to work in another way. Uh, but the broad effort is to give enough space to whatever emerges, which will be the issues of the moment, or the issues of the past. Um, I found uh, on a long solitary retreat, things that even seem to go back to another lifetime uh, emerging. And it's a question of giving enough space so that they uh, are not rejected, but they're not um, indulged, and they dissolve. Uh, it may take days, it may take weeks, it may take months, uh, but often once one becomes um, practiced at this, it, it can be quite quick. Then uh, fourthly, there's just enjoying. Um, You you float on the current of your previous effort. So uh, this is what I talked about as asankata in the in the in in the in the summer sense in the in the uh, positive sense. Um, You've made an effort. You've done the mindfulness of breathing. Your mind is quite concentrated. Uh, and at the end of the session, you stop and you remain in the state that's left. And you just allow that to continue as long as it continues. This is this is the thing I was saying earlier that I thought was extremely important that we encourage people to, to do. Uh, otherwise, I think that uh, people's relationship to their own minds, conscious effort, is, is to do with a conscious willed effort. Rather than a, a deeper experience, so I think people are constantly short-circuiting themselves. You make an effort, you get somewhere, and then you cut that short because you make another effort. But I think you have to sort of, you know, fling the ball, let it fly, then walk over to it, pick it up, and fling it again. Yes, yeah, that works, um, so that your 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 um, your your there's a relationship between the effort and and the result, the karma and the pala, the, uh, the path and the fruit. Uh, which, of course, you get wrong. Sometimes you don't make enough effort, so there's not enough fruit, so there's nothing to drift on, as it were. Sometimes you make too much effort and don't allow the fruit to emerge, uh, and so on. But you get to know your own mind and know, well, when you have to just, well, when it's appropriate just to sit and float on the current, as I, as I put it, and when you need to, to come back and make an effort. And this, of course, also relates to the directed undirected. Because if the uh, the floating then just becomes drifting, uh, uh, in other words, you're not going in a, in a skillful direction at all, then you may need to come back to some directed effort. In other words, through uh, primarily body mindfulness is the traditional way of talking about it, and especially mindfulness of breathing, but probably... It's a question of experience and type. There may be other things that you can come to, like the Buddha. I I found that very, very interesting that uh, you use the the, the, uh, reflection or the inspiring image of the Buddha to lift you out of a drifting state or uh, just a sloppy mind, an unfit mind. So, yes, I I think that uh, 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 just sitting, in the broadest sense, works best when there's quite a lot of active uh, uh, effort going on, when you're on retreat and you're doing mindfulness of breathing, metabhavana, sadhana, six-element practice, so there's quite a lot of effort to bring more skillful mental states into being, then you're more likely to be able to just enjoy. Uh, If you've been practicing for a long time, it becomes easier and easier. Uh, And... uh, you know I find usually if I, if I sit for long enough i 'm able to just enjoy, but I have to do quite a bit of uh, settling down, waiting, and even watching, uh, and then the, the, the just enjoying uh, um, is possible so uh, yes i'd like to, to suggest that uh, right from the start we build this in and that we talk about it. Uh, and that uh, if we don't already, I, I, I'm out of touch, so you may all be doing this. So, you know, when there's a mindfulness of breathing session, what I would do, what I do now in India, is uh, I, I, after the, 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 the third bell, or sometimes I didn't even ring the, 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 sorry, the three bells, the last bell, I just say, okay, now stop making an effort and just see what's going on in your mind and just enjoy the effects of what you've done so that you direct people's attention to the effect. I think it's quite important anyway, because often people have a discourse that they're no good at it, they're not getting anywhere, that nothing's coming of it. And almost any effort is going to have some effect. Even if it's you know pretty tatty, it's going to have some effect. So I think it's good to encourage people to notice what's happening. And it's always said that good learning consists of review, uh, in, in, in review of what you've learned. So in this sense, I think it's good to review the state that you've got, but also to learn to float with the current of of, of that state. Uh, so finally, there's uh, we're just sitting proper, the fifth just. Um, so you're sitting with complete unshakable equanimity, um, allowing the productions of time to flow through a. Well, a pure awareness, um, but without any illusion. So, uh, times, productions appear before you, within you, and uh, you are aware of them, but without any stickiness, without any attachment, without any interpretation. You just see them. You just watch them, uh, but not watching in a in a separated sense. Um, and a deep and loving sympathy with uh, with whatever. Arises, um, and uh, the feeling of being inseparable from the from the mystery at the heart of things. So this is something very very profound indeed, which uh, occasionally, if you practice just sitting in the in the in the form of four ways, mm. will come to some extent. You'll get some flavour of it, uh, where you really are doing what Bantu says, just sitting without making an effort and without not making an effort, without making an effort not to make an effort. You're just there uh, in a very simple, uh, very profound way, uh, very, very warm, full of uh, of Maitri, but without a, a sort of um, um, a sense of something pumping. It's just there, very gentle, very sensitive. And uh, a sense of being in connection with What matters most, not being in connection with it, but almost being what matters most. So, just sitting at this point becomes upecture in in, in the highest possible sense, in the the transcendental sense. And uh, it's important to add this element in to the the discussion of just sitting, because uh, it's what everything else circles around. It's as if everything else sort of tends in towards. That experience of just sitting, it's the, uh, the completion of just sitting in the sense of just settling down, just waiting, just watching and just enjoying. It really is just sitting. You're doing nothing else but sit, uh, but with uh, such a, a wonderful sense of um, uh, completeness, a, a wonderful sense of uh, nothing to do, nothing to achieve uh you know the few moments when one achieves that it's such a glorious relief a wonderful sense that there's nothing driving you nothing to nothing to take you away from anything and uh, you can just sit completely poised um, and uh, it's sort of important to bear that in mind. That's what we're what, what we're aiming at. Well, not aiming at. That's what we're trying to allow to emerge uh, by just settling down, just waiting, just watching, and just enjoying. So these are my reflections on the, on the, on the just sitting practice. I hope they're helpful. They are um, rather personal, as it were, and I've given my own terminology, but I hope that the background of uh, terminology from the Pali Canon is helpful. And even just a reminder of how important it is in Bhante's system um, is uh, significant. Maybe others are well aware of this, but uh, if you're not, I think we need to revisit it and look at how we present meditation and make sure this dimension is there. I think quite a lot of the um, Uh, the uh, senses of dissatisfaction that some people have uh, experienced are to do with things in this area and that actually they're already here and we just need to uh, refocus on them, draw them out. For me, they've never been absent. They've always been part of what I've understood Bante to have taught. But uh, I get the impression that that's not universal. So... um, Half past, come back together again and uh, we'll try just settling down, just waiting, just watching, just enjoying and even just sitting. Mm